podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hey guys, welcome back to the Euro Incision podcast. Joining me on this podcast, it's Guy Drinkle. Guy, how are you? Much better <laughs> compared to where I was after the weekend, so it always helps when uh, maybe maybe just got to play better teams. That's, that seems to be the way of this season. The better the team, the better the Liverpool. It seems to be a trend, doesn't it? Let's hope they kind of consider Spurs a big team over the weekend. That would be great. Um, yeah, um, I've not really been enjoying hosting the post-match show. Mustn't be great for you producing and editing on on the raw side of things as well. But here we are. We're talking about the Reds in Europe and um, the Reds. Let's go there first. Um, being the informed team in Europe. Um. Let's talk about this one. I mean, let's start from the beginning. Lineup. What did you make of the lineup? Because again, um, I think there was probably a little bit of premature fume about you know the likes of Jones being entered there and um, James Milner there making the starting lineup as well. I mean, what what did you make? And also, noticeably, it looked like a four three three as well. So, mm-hmm. your thoughts? I wanted it weaker. <laughs> I, was I, did, I did. I did. I could not see you scoring four goals. Yeah. Carry on. I was all for I was all for Adrian in midfield over Tiago and all that jazz. Um, no, I, it was weird because I think I was doing scouted instead of Dave because I don't Dave made some sort of excuse. Um, and Klopp's press conference was coming out as as we were doing that, and he was talking about how we 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 will go strong because well we're not just going to play random kids against the best team in Europe at the minute because that's kind of his bullying. Mm. Um, so it didn't really surprise me. Maybe Thiago playing because we all know yes. he, he doesn't really have like bones and muscles and stuff. It's just a ticking time bomb of injury. Um, so maybe I was expecting maybe a Basetic if he wanted to play one young player. But obviously with Henderson not being there, um, we didn't have loads of options in midfield, which has always been the issue all season. So maybe he just had to play. Um, Jones was an interesting one because... I mean, even UEFA website's got it listed as a diamond with Jones as the 10, but he clearly played left wing, mm-hmm. which it's weird. I'm sure we'll talk about Jones because he's probably one of the more interesting takeaways from it. It's like he, him, Jones, Carvalho, uh, him, Elliot, and Carvalho are like weird. They're almost like positional, positionalists in our, in our ideal system, aren't they? So mm-hmm. it was interesting seeing him almost go back to where he played as the under 23 player that he was, so that's probably the most interesting thing, but I wasn't really surprised by the strength of the team. And Milner back in midfield, redemption arc, because I think the last time he played in midfield was the Napoli battering, so <laughs> uh, yeah, so redemption arc for Milner, but uh, no, not not too many surprises. Of course, and Chimikas came in as well. I was yeah. like you as well, I mean, I was like, 
you know what, I can't, after what, I mean, I was absolutely disgusted after the Leeds game. I think many people were, and I was just like, you know what, I can't afford injuries. Um, look at me thinking I'm a Jürgen Klopp, I can't afford injuries. And I'd rather just play the kids. I mean, they, I'd, ra- I'd rather the kids get hammered than the adults, uh, just to make it worse for them. And also it's less humiliation. But then on the flip side, I could see where Klopp was coming from, because obviously we are, Liverpool are under the microscope. And, you know, those players, those senior players needed to go out and uh, deliver a performance and a response, right? So, mm-hmm. and, it, you know, it'll move forward for hopefully the Spurs game. But yes, let's kind of get into this. And we'll go there. You you spoke about Jones. So let's talk about him because obviously, again, he was somebody that I was really um, watching with a lot of intrigue because he did come on against Leeds. And it's really hard to kind of nail down, you know, like that kind of performance or, you know, when you're already a bit disappointed to kind of really focus on the play, I think he, did he start? Yeah, he started against Nottingham Forest, didn't he? And again, probably, I think the whole team was a bit diabolical in that one. But against Napoli, I mean, talk to me about him because I felt that he started growing into the game. He certainly did. I think it's probably his best performance of the season yeah. without setting the, the world alight. I think that's probably the best way to do it. I think, it, God, it's a sound harsh. It's just competent. I think that was it. That was probably a competent performance from him. I think if you're giving it a mark out of 10, maybe 6 or 7, it was just... I think that's what's been missing from Jones' game. It's always like... He's just overly quiet. Like, you'll keep the ball well, but then you'll just realise, why didn't you pass the ball 20 seconds earlier in most cases? Obviously, that happened in this game, but it was in higher areas of the pitch, so it's much more... um, impactful um, passing that he does. Obviously, the, the more chance, which was just offside and stuff like that, had a chance himself in the first few minutes. But it it was nice seeing him play higher up because I think that suits him better. Whereas Klopp's little little weird mission of turning him into Ginny Wijnaldum is just strange to me because he never, I don't know, he never looks comfortable in that position. And I, know, I think he's 22. I think he's turned 22 in the new year. So it's not exactly like he's a 18-year-old breaking through anymore. He should be. Mm. If you're 22 and you're not really a starter, you're probably best looking to move on. Um, so, yeah, it's a strange one with him. But I think this is a really promising performance in terms of if he can step up from this position, it's really promising. But if this is his max, then that would be an issue. But if we see more of him in the left wing and then he can drift inside and pick up the number 10 roles, Coutinho West, because we want a throwback player, maybe that is the best role for him because him playing as the defensive ace, it just never really suited him other than him being quite press resistant. Because it's not like he's mm. passing from deep, it's not exactly like Thiago. But in this game, um, yeah, as I said, probably a 6 or 7 out of 10, but I think he kind of needs that to grow into it because he's had a very weird few years with the eye injury that kept him out for about eight weeks or something like that and then a fractured tibia or something from growing pains or something like that (laughs) it's the most (laughs) liverpool thing i've ever heard in my life um Uh, ear infections and everything yeah it all all kicks off at liverpool and the injuries no you uh, very interesting what you've just kind of mentioned there about Jones. You know, you're kind of saying that, you know, he can maybe, you know, play from the left, which he did. And, of course, um, you know, he grew into the game. I think he had a shot um, early on in the first half as well. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, he had a chance on goal. Um, I'm just really, like you said, his age and stuff, and like you kind of mentioned then, I just kind of feel like a player that's already kind of, I don't know, I feel like what you've described there is probably what I am envisaging 
Cavalio to be, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and he's a bit uh, younger as well. So. And he's a bit younger as well. I mean, the positives I take from Jones and, you know, is is the simple fact that he did it against or, you know, he, he put in that kind of performance against, you know, a good Napoli side. But you know what, before mm-hmm. we kind of start praising Liverpool, I mean, when you were watching that game, Guy, be, be real with me because, um, you know, Napoli, the informed team, in, in Europe, you know, absolutely hammering everyone 4-0. I mean, I think they won 4-0 over the weekend against Rasulo before they came into this game against us. I felt like, as you know, I will, um, and we should be proud of the local performance, but I've got to be a realist and say Napoli didn't really try as hard as what they could. They did, t- they did seem to have one eye on the weekend because I think they played Atalanta. Atalanta. Yeah, 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 they, they do. Yeah. Second in the Serie A, for, you, mm-hmm. for the people who didn't know. Um, yeah, maybe just a smidge lack of intensity, but it was it was weird because I think Ossiman tried his hardest because him and the two centre-backs had a good duel. I don't remember Politano touching the ball. Oh, um, <laughs> he should be past his pocket yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, it was strange because I think everyone was almost perversely looking forward to seeing Kovetskelia. Yes. But he only, I think he skinned Trent once and then he had that weird back post volley where Trent just fancied buggering off to the other half of the box. Um, but he, he was kind of quiet, but it was like they didn't really get him the ball enough. So maybe they just went, we're, we're top. They're not going to beat us 4-0 um, and just kind of just for a ball, but when did we score? What minute did we score? We scored in the 85th. So they, I think they, we upped, the bit, upped it a bit by the 70-odd minute, minute, didn't we? So maybe for 70-odd minutes, it's just like, we'll see what happens. It was quite an evenly contested game without either team being overly intense, I, think, I thought. Um, so, yeah, maybe they just kind of accepted it. Um, rested a few people like Zielinski. um mm. Raspadori or Lozano, um, obviously missing a couple at centre back as well. Um, but yeah, they just probably kept wanted to keep it ticking along because obviously if they beat Atlanta, I think they're a good few points clear in yeah in Syria then. I think it's eight or something. Yeah, yeah it makes it, it you know it gives them a very very comfortable lead. Yeah, I'd I'd have to agree with that. Um, you know they, I don't think they you know bought their a game and you know and I completely get it. I think it would have been very, very interesting though had Liverpool got an early couple of goals. Yeah. Then I would have really liked it. I think then it would have been a very, very interesting encounter to see what what um, Spalletti's response would have been. But you know, you spoke about Clara Skellia there, so you know, talk to me about Trent because I remember the Napoli game, and I think we all do. That boy game was nightmares. We already kind of like were expecting some goodness from him. And uh, but let's talk about Trent because um, what did you make of Trent's performance? Um, almost boring, quite disciplined. Which is good. Yeah, it's just the opposite of what he did in the last season. <laughs> yes. um, Which I think he needed to because yes. I think he knew he had his hands full with, you know, what's his face, Clarat Skellia. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think it was strange because I think the way we played, I think Trent obviously can still pass from deep and stuff like that, and we've seen it. We've seen it recently. I think the left back had a lot more freedom yes, he did. to get forward. Um, yeah. And I think we've seen that in recent weeks. And I think it maybe just is, Trent, you you can't play right back, right midfield, 
right centre midfield and striker like he was doing in the early parts of the season. So now, especially against a player like Kravatskelia, you you just sit back. You can go forward if if we are literally in a very dominant position, but your passing from deep is is the key. And we saw that a couple of times. It's not like he mm-hmm. was whipping in crosses every five minutes that we saw in other games, but he got done once defensively, and I think that was about it. Other than like losing the flight of the ball or losing Kravatskelia at the back post for for a weak volley, I think he was basically spot on defensively. Yes. I think by extension we have to add Konate into this. Yeah, so he was my next go-to. Yes. You know, it gives you a lot of confidence having Konate and how big of um, a positive news is that for Jurgen Klopp to have him back because no disrespect to Gomez, but, um, you know, a couple of, he's, he's been a bit off it in terms of the concentration. Yeah, yeah he absolutely has. Um, it, it's weird with Gomez because you just think, I think everyone just thinks back, 18-19, he was so mm. good. But mm. since the, all the injuries, because there's probably been like three or four big injuries since then, it's just not the same, is he? Uh, and then you look at Kanate, he's about eight foot tall, yes. nine foot wide, fast as Gomez, if not faster, goes on Joel Matip adventures. It's like... Yes, he did. It, we literally bought the blueprint Liverpool centre-back and... Yeah, it's just scary that the potential difference he can make because I think quite a lot of people came into the season expecting Matip to be the first choice. Obviously, Ken Arie got injured in that stupid friendly after the Community Shield, didn't he? And yeah. it was just like, <sighs> Matip's good, but Ken you see all the praise for like Saliba and stuff like that in the league. Like, Ken Arie was our, be- our best player by a mile in a Champions League mm-hmm. final against yeah. the Ballon d'Or winner. Mm-hmm. It's like, this lad's not getting spoke about enough generally. And I think if he stays fit and gets a run of games, people will start forgetting Saliba's... I'm trying to think of... I was going to say Ben White, he's bloody right back nowadays. But he will he will become the best young centre-back in the world. I have no doubt in my mind. It's just injuries and... Well, the Liverpool curse of injuries added to his injury problems. That'll keep it from him. But he has literally all the makings of being the next generational centre-back. I have to agree with you. He just was so, he's so big, um, dominating his presence. Um, also Virgil van Dijk, I seem to think that they have a really, really nice, like, partnership. It's mad mm-hmm. with Virgil van Dijk because I think Virgil van Dijk actually has really good chemistry with all three of them, which again is a sign of a truly elite world class, um, defender, right? The fact that, you know, be it Gomez, be it Matip, or be it Konate, he seems to play really well with all of them um, when Virgil van Dijk is, of course, playing Virgil van Dijk levels. Because, yes. again, some of his performances have been a little questionable this season. It's worth noting. But, yes, I was actually very, really impressed with the defence. I thought, you know, they were they were assured, they were strong, um, held the line really well. It was good to see, you know, key players um, performing to, you know, their, their levels and their credentials, you know, um, because I think that is one thing that they haven't been doing all season. So I'm going to move somewhere else now. Um, as you can tell, this part is a little bit everywhere. Um, uh, when we saw the lineup and we saw Mo Salah out wide, it talked to me about that one because I was a little bit concerned, but I felt like he was cutting in a fair bit. It was almost like we did what we what's been working for about five years. Yes, <laughs> it's weird that. Um, no, I think once you see you saw the. The four three three. It was like, is he going to be playing assistant referee again? Yes. Um, 
and he simply oh, just not won't. have we had that anxiety yeah. this season because we never had it last season. We've just never done it before, have we? Yeah. That's the thing. It's just strange. Like, I don't, everyone's saying it's Pep Linder's idea to to put him wider and stuff like that. And whether it's his idea, Klopp's idea, um, the kit man's idea, they need to shut up. <laughs> we, need, we can all agree it's a bad idea. Yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, so someone write a book about not playing Mo Salah as a winger. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you if you play him in that. Oh god, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go all under pressure. If you play him in that right half space, or their left half space, um that that's where he that's where he's kicked. That's where he's picked up all these millions of goals that he scored for Liverpool. And if you play him in that area, um that that's where that's where he will hurt teams and it to be fair, he he created a few chances. He didn't really have many chances himself other than that offside Jones pass one mm. until the the headed scrambly box goals. Um, but he was still dangerous in that area, um, and that, that's what we want. If we're gonna, I think Klopp hinted that he wants to keep the four-three-three or go back to the four-three-three because, well, it's it's what we've built our our team on, and that's what the players understand. And we've just not had the well effort level, performance level, or, or people available to play it properly. But if we go back to the four-three-three, basically. Whatever about the midfield, because that will be the issue. Defence will be the defence. We can't play Salah as a winger or a wide midfielder winger. We need him as the inside forward doing more Salah things. So that that was probably the best thing to see because every other time we played 4 3 3 this season, he's been stupidly wide. So that, that might be the most important thing to take away from this game as we played the old formation with more not holding hands with the assistant referee. Are you that person who has everything? the coolest merch, and those must-have fan threads. Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design T-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise, and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to anfieldindex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. I'm done with that. Um, Guy, um, uh, who else do you want to talk about in this game or, you know, a key moment from the game? Um, what did you think of Fabinho? Because I think I've seen a few people split on it. I think Dave said he played quite well. Um, I thought he was all right. I don't think he was yeah. really good or bad. And I think loads Same. of people, yeah, I've seen loads of people like slagging him off. I think I thought he was all right. I think he still had a bit too much space to cover at times. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, I noticed that. And another thing I kind of noticed well, you know, where the games where he has looked a bit ropey, and he has looked a bit ropey this season. Mm-hmm. I feel like he's. His tracking back has been very sluggish and slow. You know, like he's not been where, um, you know, where the danger is. He's like, you know, when you watch him jog, you almost get angry at the fact yeah. that his reactions are so slow. As for in this game, I felt like wherever there was danger, he was trying to get into those spaces. I'm not saying he's peak, amazing, elite Fabinho levels because he's got some work to do to get there. But what I noticed was where there was danger, and he's also putting in some nasty, horrible challenges as well, which I kind of like to see. You need Absolutely. that. Do, do you know what I mean? So he was functioning as he should be 
but not at the level that we know that he can be. I think if this is your flaw, I think that's an all right point. So if this is starting to become the new the new flaw, we know how high his ceiling is in his performance. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the this is the acceptable level. I think. It's yeah. Probably- so if he stays like this, I'm I'm all right with that. I'm all right with it because obviously he still is functioning and you mm-hmm. know he's not leaving big gaping you know glaring holes. But also like you've just said there, the fact that he's had so much ground to cover individually is not his fault as well. You know you can't he's he's a human he's one person. How much ground do you expect him to cover? And how, how many men is he supposed to be? You know like sort of you know um, putting in a defensive shift against. You know, when there's no nobody's on his side to kind of um help him in that shift. So yeah, I, I'd agree with you, Guy. I think it was um it was a competent performance. Yeah, almost similarly to Jones, but obviously more a defensive sense. Just a nice steady performance to hopefully I think we we've only got three games left, haven't we? So mm. have a well, I doubt he'll play against Derby, but better maybe, not maybe needs a bust. <laughs> um but in them last two games hopefully this is at the worst he gets. So, yeah, that, that'd be nice. And if he does make the Brazil squad, hopefully, well, hopefully he doesn't play too much, but hopefully that's out of his system and he can go back to being almost risky for Binho because it does feel like everyone's playing tiptoeing till the World Cup happens, isn't it? It's very weird. Yes, it is very weird. It's very, very strange indeed. Guy, um, let's talk about... um. Something that really, really intrigued me about this game in the first half, James Milner takes one to the head and he bleeds. And I'm like, oh my God, James Milner bleeds. And then at the beginning of the second half, he goes down injured. Um, he's human. Um, obviously comes off. Um, I think Elliot comes on. Um, obviously Klopp makes some changes. Later on, we see some of the kids come on as well, which is quite nice as well. Um, and then, of course, Darwin Nunes comes on. Um, what, what did you make of uh, the Klopp subs? It was nice to see the kids come out as well. And they're actually playing some nice football between them. Yeah, it was nice to see them come on. I think Elliot came on, obviously, a lot earlier than the others. Yes, he did. He, he, yes. he was, um, I thought he was quite good when he came on. Um, yes. Linked up play quite well. Um, didn't didn't get in Moore's way, which I think has kind of been the issue in, in the early parts of the season. They're kind of on each other's toes, so that's probably best to take away from that. Maybe um, they're learning now as well. Maybe that was yes. learning on the job, and now they understand like there's like a chemistry between them. Yeah, because Moore is obviously his father as well, because he's always yes. proud when he does something. Yes. Um, Basetic, is he still 17? I think he is 17. It makes me sick, but carry on. It does. It doesn't make me feel old. Um, when you start seeing lads born in two thousands, you just bad times. Um, no, I, I think he's really good. Like he's obviously got to grow a bit physically, but he's seven. He's bloody seventeen. He just seems to be very confident on the ball. He wears his so- uh, socks low, which is obviously mega confident. Um, but it's just confident on the ball, almost egotistical on the ball at times because I think the more you see the more he'll grow into it and I think obviously I'll have to cover the Derby game for all because they don't they don't do cup games but he's probably the main thing I'm looking forward to in that because I don't I have no idea who else will play but I want to see Bassetich and I know Derby's a league one team but it's a team of men you I, I want to it's see physical him. isn't it yes, it's absolutely. yeah and that's absolutely. what that's what he's in for so let's see how he shapes up against those players mm-hmm. and of course and if you know <clears throat> 
like you said, he's only 17. He's got a lot of growing to do. But if this is the future, because we've touched on this, uh, you know, we don't really buy midfielders, then he, he needs to kind of grow and we need to kind of see more of him. Um, I Let's talk about the goals now because we had to wait. Um, I'm not going to lie this. You know when they scored their goal? And obviously, um, it got checked. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about that? How long did that take? By the way, we're recording this on Thursday. We played on Tuesday. Doesn't this game seem an age away? Be honest, guy. I feel like that VAR check was still going on. Yes. <laughs> oh my God! It was clear as day that he was off. But okay. It was. It was just strange because you literally saw the even, even Steve McManaman went. No, he's off. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> God. Uh, but no, he was clearly off. Like his head and part of his shoulder was just clearly offside. I was like. Are you seeing if someone else touched the ball or something? It was just very strange. Um, but they got it right, and we're used to Premier League refs. So if you get it right, I can accept the wait. Obviously, it's different if you're in the stadium because you'll be a bit more annoyed and it's freezing at the minute. So, but yeah, you see Michael Oliver and all that getting it wrong every week. Um, I, I don't mind waiting 200 years for a decision as long as it's right. Um, but it was very strange. But do, do you like the automated offside thing? Oh, the graphic. Yeah. I love it. Mm. It's, it's better than those stupid, stupid, wonky lines that the Premier League tend to serve us, and you yeah. know, it would make any sense. They're like it's just, yeah. I, I, I love the graphic. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, big thumbs up from me. I'm guessing you like it as well. Oh yeah, it actually shows why he's offside rather than yeah. just going. Well, this is a line on a 2D camera that you need a special camera to actually see if it works. Like, oh, cool. Let's have Martin Tyler, the 800-year-old man, explain it to us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a different gripe. And then, of course, you know, you, you touched on Liverpool goals. Um, I'll mm-hmm. be honest, when, when that one, when they were checking it, and I was like, because I'm so used to and conditioned to Premier League refs, that was like, watch them cock this up. And if this goal stands, then I want all the players off. Like, we're, we're not coming back from this. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. just rest them, save them for Spurs. But, of course, um, the right call was made. Liverpool's goal, I had to wait a fair bit. Uh, Mo Salah, quite a scrappy goal, but we'll take it. Just wumbles it over the line. And uh, and then Darwin Nunes, again, we had to wait for that one. You know what my favourite part about that goal was? I can't lie. It was Virgil van Dijk giving him the death stare. <laughs> he wanted I'm to go. Kill you if you're offside. Uh, to be fair, I think I would have as well, because Van Dyke. Just a few Virgil Van Dyke and Nunes scrap off. Who 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 are you betting on? Oh, Van Dyke. Yeah. There's something. It's weird with South Americans. I think there's a bit of fakeness there. There, are, I think there's a mix. They're either a bit fake hard man, or they are mental. So I'm not sure with Darwin <laughs> just yet. Whereas Van Dyke is just a big lad. So I think he could. I think he could handle himself. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that one. But yeah, two goals right at the end. I mean, is there anything I should kind of want to talk about this game? I mean, anything that you feel needs highlighting? Um, we mentioned the Milner thing. Was it confirmed a concussion? I'm not. I've, I haven't, I haven't seen anything. I have not seen, but it looks likely that he won't be playing because of the way he went off. Yeah. He doesn't go off like that, does he? Let's be honest. That's mm-hmm. you know, one thing that you have to give him credit for when you know he went down. I was like, ah, shit. He's and especially with um, I think Hendo's out as well now, isn't he? So you know, it's it's not great in terms of injuries for Liverpool. We can use Ox or Naby's bingo card for the weekend. <laughs> I, I I'm not even being funny. I don't, I think he's shipped them off somewhere. I've especially Naby. I you know I 
don't have any hopes about seeing him. At least he names him in press conferences now, so that's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> he actually acknowledges his existence. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Okay then, guys. So, um, Liverpool win this game. So, what we'll do is, I'm going to just quickly run through all the groups and, um, and who tops and who's winner up. So, obviously, ours, Napoli topped it. We come second. Ajax, Champions um, uh, Europa League spot. Group B, Porto top it. Club Bruges second. Leverkusen get Europa League. Atletico Madrid bump out of Europe. Bayern Munich in Group C top it. Inter second. Barca third. Group D. Now, this was all drama till the very end. Um... I was watching this, this, you know, like I had my eye on this one whilst I was watching Liverpool. And I'll be honest with you, if I was not covering Liverpool and I didn't have an invested interest in Liverpool, this was the group I probably watch. Group D, yeah, sure. Spurs top it, Frankfurt second, good for them. Sporting Lisbon, who at one point were at the top of the group, you know, in that, you know, whilst everything was happening, and, Mars, um, ooh, and Marseille just crashed out of Europe period. Group E, Chelsea, top eight, Milan, second, Salzburg, um, Europa League. Group F, Real Madrid, top, Leipzig, second, Shakhtar Donetsk, third, and of course Celtic crash out. Group G, City, top, Dortmund, second, Sevilla, back to their old love, um, Europa League. Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL Roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter, at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye-bye. Group H, now this one was a, a good one as well. Benefica topped the group. Paris Saint-Germain, despite them beating Juventus, finished second. Juventus seal Europa League football despite losing. I mean, so th- those are the teams in at the moment, Um, all done and dusted. How, I mean, anything surprise you, anything shock you? And also, realistically, Liverpool, because they finished runners-up, they will either face Porto, Bayern... Real Madrid or Benfica, am I right? Yes, I think so. Mm. Um, is it a shock that Benfica beat Maccabi Haifa that well? Quite possibly, because I think Maccabi have been somewhat, di- especially in Israel, I think it have been quite difficult to beat, unless PSG spanked them, and I can't remember. Um, but for Benfica to top that group when Paris beat Juve, I think that's definitely a shock, because it was weird because I think it went to one all. If I remember, it I was, did. I, yeah, did. I, watched, I watched the goal show and they went one all, and then just went that Roger Schmidt's making two two subs in the first half. I was like, okay, <laughs> um, 
But no, it seemed to click very well. I think he took off the their main striker and maybe it just opened the game up a bit more. Um, but yeah, for Benfica at top of group with Paris, uh, PSG and and you there, albeit it's the corpse of Juventus. Um, very good. Maybe the most shocking thing: Juventus three points. I don't care if it's it is the worst Juventus team of my lifetime. Even the Serie B team get in there. But good three points, really? Mm. That's disgusting. It is really bad. I mean, to be in their defence, they weren't as bad against Paris in my opinion yesterday. Yesterday, mm-hmm. um, um, also good news for them. You know, uh, Chiesa was back as well. Yes. He, he got some minutes, so you know, good news for Juventus in that front. But yeah, um, it'd be good for them to get Europa League football because they were absolutely disgraceful, and you don't kind of expect Juventus to be that way. I think you know, um, it's um. So far, so all the English teams are through. My memory serves me correctly, two Portuguese teams are through. Yes. All the uh, German teams are through, I think. Leverkusen are Not Leverkusen. Yeah, Leverkusen. so three, three German teams, two Italian teams, and the shocking thing here is one Spanish team has made mm. it. The rest of them all crashed out, but that one Spanish team is we're gonna win. Pretty, pretty <laughs> yeah, they'll win it. Uh, just get to a fi- get to a final, and we don't play Real Madrid in the final. We might win. Um, yeah, it, it's a weird thing with La Liga because they've dominated both. Uh, well, not the Conference League because that's one year old and it's dreadful. Um, but they've dominated European football for yes, they have. Oh God, um, too long. <laughs> yeah, but what was it like 2014? Um, Madrid started winning it. Um, even the Pep teams before that, uh, in the very early 2010s. Um, mm. Yeah, it's been an era of dominance from that. I'm not sure if it's over just yet because, let's be honest, Real Madrid are probably the favourites to win it because they get out of the group. That it's what they do. Um, but it is it is strange. I think I was listening to another podcast with a Spanish um, commentator talking. And they're on about maybe Barcelona's not the concern because they had a tough group to be fair and they've they did, yeah. The relatively well, a very relatively new newly put together team, young coach. But they're going very quite well in La Liga. I think they've only conceded a handful of goals all season. So I think there's still promise within Barcelona. It's just financially missing the Champions League is gonna be a mess. But you look beyond that, Atleti are done. Um, Sevilla are in the relegation zone, I think, in La Liga at the minute. And then, who else will be there? Sociedad, I have no idea where they're in the league. Athletic Club, Villarreal, Betis. Um, they're not really Champions League teams, are they? No. So I think outside of the big two, or big two and a half, if you count Atletico Madrid, I mean, Barca are rebuilding. Atletico Madrid are at the very end of a cycle. Like yes. Even more of an end of possibly similarly to Juve, but maybe not as bad as Juve. Um, I think it's basically the top two for now. Until Atleti... Will Atleti go to their heights again? Because I imagine Simeone will be done soon. Will they get a manager as perfectly suited as Simeone again? Probably not. So it might just be back to the big two doing stuff. Yeah. It it might be. And I actually, you know, like you were quite this thingy with you there. I think Atleti are the big shock here, given the fact that mm-hmm. I'd say, you know, like they should be able to get through that group. 
Like they didn't, they weren't given like like you said, like Barcelona were given like a tough group, and you know Juve, I you know it was always touch and go whether they finished second or third in that group. You know, so um, I think that was the shock for me. But, I mean, it's really hard because we're, we're sat here and we're talking about things. I mean, we're going to get together on Monday to kind of um, give our thoughts on who, who Liverpool draw. Um, is there anybody that you particularly fancy facing? Um, I think everyone's got their eye on the two Portuguese teams. So go on then, which one, which one would you prefer? I think the easy answer is Porto because we always yes. beat them, but that scares me <laughs> because everyone's now talking about how we always beat Porto, so it's written in the stars that they'll then beat us if we draw them. Well, I, I, I have another theory for you. Mm. Um, I it's very hard to see who's going to win this, right? Because obviously we've got a bit of a stop situation the Champions yeah. League now, so you, you know teams are very very different in terms of you know what you know how form will be and stuff. I also think as well. Um, I'm going to make a prediction. Um, please don't quote me on this, but I feel like you know some of like these teams that like you know like your Leipzig and you know maybe some other teams. I think they might be a big, big threat this year because I feel like the bigger teams are the ones that you expect to perform. They'll have a lot of players going away to the World Cup and I feel like the quality of Champions League football might be a bit meh. I think we're going to have a, an overload of impact injuries from overplaying footballers. Yeah. I, I did look at the, I looked at the teams that went through and I was like, it's probably the weakest it's looked in years because, let's be honest, we're bad. We're, at the minute, we're a mid-table Premier League team. Chelsea, not great. Milan, third in Serie A. Tottenham have been dreadful recently. I think Frankfurt yep. are top in, in the Europa League places, if I remember correctly. Mm. Inter, been bad. Bayern, with Bayern, okay. Porto and Club Bruges? Come on. That's Europa League stuff. Napoli have been good, to be fair. Who mm. else we got? Uh, like, uh, Real Madrid, yeah. I think Leipzig are like mid-table in Bundesliga as well. Mm-hmm. Dortmund aren't doing well. Benfica and Paris are doing well, to be fair. So you you look at it, it's not the strongest. I, I, it's obviously a lot of big clubs, but it's a lot of out-of-form clubs as well. Maybe, obviously, this might change. I think, is it February, the Champions League restart? Yes, it is, yes. Yeah, so it might all change by then. But you look at it at the minute, it's quite a few out-of-form clubs there. So it doesn't look the strongest. And as you say, I mean, we've already seen it. Um, we're obviously going to mention it, but injuries like Hyungmin Song, um, Liverpool have 200 injuries. Um, Man City, obviously, Haaland's out at the minute. Um, I'm not sure who's injured for Real Madrid, but even like Bayern, they've not really got a striker and it's kind of a new era for them. Um, so it, it's a it's a weird season. Like You look at it and you think... Super Moteng is doing bits for Bayern. The Stoke legend. You look at it and you really think, Outside of maybe Real Madrid and Man City, like, are Napoli the third favourite for the Champions League? That's a weird sentence to say. <laughs> it is very, um, it is, it is really strange given, you know, how everything's kind of shaped up and obviously some of these big teams crashing out as well because, you know, like you said, some of those teams like Bruges and, and things like that, they, you know, you wouldn't expect them to sort of, um, 
to sort of qualify, right? And uh, here they are, um, representing in the Champions League. I feel like you know some of these uh, the the smaller teams are gonna be a bit relentless to play against. That's just my wild prediction on it. Yeah. I could be completely, completely wrong, but I think that you know the World Cup is gonna have ramifications on on the quality of Champions League football. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, definitely will. I think obviously in England as well, and I think Italy, they've got we two domestic cups as well that'll have to be rushed through once the teams are back. So I think for them two leagues especially, it's going to be a big old mess. So, mm. yeah, maybe maybe Real Madrid have the advantage there that they only have one team to face in La Liga. And I, they, I don't think they win the Copa del Rey that often as well. So maybe they just bin that off completely. So, yeah, <laughs> maybe it is advantage Real Madrid. Um, it probably is which is very really boring and predictable uh, but at the same time I kind of don't want like uh, that season I mean it was a fun season of Champions League I don't know if you remember it guys but when Porto won it when the likes of like Deportivo La Coruña were beating the likes mm. of Juventus and AC Milan and you know uh, you had all and Monaco were doing bits with Claudio Ranieri and they made it to the final it was there was a lot of um, heartbreak in that Champions League I can't lie but it was fun and then the final turned a bit crap but that's another story for another day but it was it was the year of the underdog for sure. It is. You mean like it was a bit before my time because mm. this Liverpool is probably the first one I actually remember. Yeah. But after, after so us, the winning, follow, so the yeah. season after basically, Barca. right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. you've got Barca, us, and AC Milan again. Then it was just like United, and it was just that. That after that, it was probably not till Dortmund there was a surprise finalist, was there? Mm. So yeah, I'm all for a Club Bruges final. Let's go. <laughs> Simon Mignolet producing some worldies, right, guy? Oh, God, I imagine. mean, you you touched on some there. I mean, a big miss for them. Uh, just quickly, whilst we're here, get your thoughts on on the Spurs game. Um, how are you feeling? <laughs> yeah, they do look dreadful. We look dreadful. It would be great if Liverpool could win an away game um, in, the, in the Premier League. It is November. Come on, do you want to wake up now? But yeah, they're a big injury for them. And obviously, like if you kind of see the goal that they're scoring as well, set pieces and long-range shots, um, losing Son like that as well is you know a big blow to them. But I'd say a big positive for us because that shit always has a good game against us. That's true. That is true. So does Harry... Well, Harry Kane either has dreadful games against us or he'll, like, get three people sent off and win the four penalties. Canati needs to be up against him. Yes, because I feel like he could bully Gomez quite a bit. Mm. Um, No, I'm with you there. I think you addressed it in the early bit. Do Liverpool actually see Spurs as a big team? Yes. That that might be the answer there. Um... We we have to be up for it. We can't. To be, well, to be fair, Spurs have started games dreadfully as well. So yeah. maybe it'll just be the worst start to a football game in history. Um, but no, it, it's it's strange because Spurs only have one attacker, so I'm guessing it'll be Caden Lucas Moore in a two, which sounds dreadful. Yeah. Um, but Son missed. I hope he doesn't miss the World Cup because that'd just be sad. That would be. Yeah, because albeit South Korea probably not going to win it, but. They have had fun history in the past from 2002 onwards. And you want to see the best players, right? Because obviously we've yeah. heard Kante won't be going. Pogba looks... I don't think yeah. Pogba's going now as well. You know, like, mm-hmm. it's... You want to see... Like, when you're watching the World Cup, you want to see, like, the teams with their best players playing, right? Uh, especially me, I don't have an affiliation with, like, I don't support England. So, oh, Chilwell's out for Chelsea. That We'll see about that one. Mm-hmm. That could be a big blow for England. But, you know, like, it's... 
going back to the Spurs thing as well, another thing that I find really intriguing as well is the fact that they had to dig quite deep against Bournemouth of the weekend to get the winner. And they've had to dig quite deep against Marseille, you know, a goal behind. I feel like they'll come into this game quite leggy and lethargic, hopefully. I think that's been the case for a little while, though. But I think I think we've seen us do this in the past. Maybe maybe you go to the well one too often. Once too often, I should say. Yes. But the momentum of overcoming does carry you through. I think we saw that maybe last season the most because what did what, the going behind record did start last season, didn't it? So yeah. So may, may, maybe that that maybe that's one of the reasons why we've started the season so poorly, just going to the well once too often. But Spurs might be fortunate that they've got the World Cup break and that maybe it has a bit of a reset for them. But it's. <laughs> I'd say this. It's different doing it against Bournemouth and Marseille. I touch wood. All the wood. If Liverpool turn up, it is different doing it against them two teams than it is I'm doing air quotes for the audio. Liverpool. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, you mentioned that they score set pieces and they score long range dramatic goals. I don't I don't remember the last, I think Dave said this and I don't remember the last time Liverpool Consider a free a, a, a set piece goal. Um, it just doesn't seem to happen that often. Always, I know they've got a big centre. They've got a hundred centre backs and they're all quite big. But if you, as you said, if Canate is playing bigger than anyone they've got, Van Dijk's bigger than anyone they've got. Um, it's just sh- we shouldn't be at risk from set pieces from them. It's I think we just got to keep Kane quiet. I think that's yeah. it. Just keep him quiet. Keep him quiet and also eliminate try giving away set pieces as well. And the, the yes. midfield needs to be on their A game to stop long range shots and things, you know, like shut that shit down. That's what that'd be my advice. But yeah, guy, I think we have covered everything. Um thank you as always. Uh listeners, we will be back on Monday. We'll just give our brief thoughts on on the on the draw and um who the Reds face. Um do interact with us let us know who you'd fancy what do you feel about the champions league and um, do you feel like it's going to be good quality bad quality we'd love to hear your thoughts guy before i let you go let the listener know where they can find you on social media and also let them know how busy you've been yeah at guy drinkle tagged in the tweet if you're on there um too busy <laughs> uh, it's, it's the articles rather than the podcast now and again, because there's a million of them Oh, gosh, yes, I'm chained to my laptop, but I'm, uh, yeah. Yeah, it it gets weird when I'm sorting the stuff and say, I'll put two out, okay, there's seven on the site, I'll have to put another three out. Um, But that's a good thing for you and me, uh, listener, because it keeps me busy and it gives you something to read. Um, So, yeah, look at the articles. Um, Stuff I'm on, I don't know why you'd go back and listen to Scouted, but if you really like the sound of mine and Carl's voice, there you go. I assume I'll be on AIP tomorrow, where I produce horrendous film recommendations for people. And by horrendous, I mean brilliant. Um, and obviously the post-match stuff for... When do we play? Is it Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Sunday, yeah. Oh, God. World Cup can't come soon enough. Um, but yeah, I think that'll be it from me. I'll be in the background as well, unless Trev breaks his telly again. 
do give Gaia a follow and do check out the articles. There's so much good, diverse content now on there for people who like to read their Liverpool um, articles. But guys, um, for my part, again, I will be back on the Nina Calza show. Hopefully, 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 um, uh, I'm not miserable and I'm upset. And, you know, the Reds actually decide that Spurs are a good team and put in a performance and, and get the result as well. That would be grand. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, hope you enjoyed the group stages of um, of this Euro incision. And we will be back on Monday. Till next time, take care and up the reds. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement. And we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.